Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook. It's great that we can be together again. In the series on the spirit world, we learn about angels and demons. And Malcolm Ryan joins us with A Pastor Talks. In our previous programme here on Serving Today, we looked at the origin of Satan and his defeat by Jesus. We learnt that Satan has angelic beings that also rebelled with him, and they were judged as well and sent out of heaven. Graham Jones is helping us again, and he's going to tell us more about angels. Hello, everyone. Let us think first about where the angels came from. Who are the angels? Well, the Bible shows that when God created the world, his creation included the heavenly host. This includes all the angels. In Psalm 148, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord from heaven. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. When they were created, the heavenly hosts were all holy and were worshipping God. In the Bible, these beings are called angels. Sometimes they're referred to as stars or holy ones, or thrones, powers, rulers and authorities, and also sons of God. Last time we heard of the battle in heaven recorded in Revelation 12 and how Satan rebelled against God and led a third of the angels to rebel as well. And so the Bible shows there are two types of angels, holy or good angels, and bad angels, also called demons in the Bible. The holy angels are those who are faithful servants of God. Psalm 103 verses 20 and 21 says, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. The holy angels obeyed God's word. There are many of them in the heavenly hosts. These include Archangel Michael, the cherubim, also called living creatures in Revelation 4 and 5, the seraphim, who worship God around his throne, and also those beings just plainly called angels. One of the named angels is Gabriel, who came to Mary to tell her that she was to have the baby Jesus. But the second type of angels are fallen angels or bad angels who rebelled along with Satan. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, we read of God's judgment. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Satan is the chief angel who rebelled. And in the Bible, he has several names, Lucifer, the devil, the evil one, the prince of this world, the god of this age. And the angels who fell with Satan and worked with him are called demons or evil spirits. The fate of Satan and his angels is certain. They're under God's judgment as they've rebelled against God. And what do angels do? Angelic activity is directed by God alone. 
Angels have great knowledge and power and strength. And angels don't have a body, they're spirits. But they can take the appearance of men. Even fallen angels can take on a physical appearance. Angels are not the spirits of the departed or glorified human beings or or children. When someone talks about having seen an angel, we ask ourselves, was it a good or a bad angel? We do not assume that all the appearances of angels are of good angels. A good angel will point us to the Lord Jesus. The Bible shows we are not to worship angels. This includes making sacrifices to them or or praying to them. When the Apostle John saw an angel in Revelation chapter 19 and bowed down to worship him, the angel said in verse 10, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. We are to worship God alone. We are to only pray to God in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Okay, what's the next question we need to focus on regarding angels? Next, we will think about how do angels help God's people? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? There are many different ways recorded in the Bible where angels minister to God's people. Let us just think of four of those ways. Firstly, holy angels guard and protect the people of God. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Each believer does not have a specific guardian angel, but God directs his angels to look out for and to keep his people. Perhaps we've been helped by a stranger, but it was really one of God's angels. Secondly, we see that holy angels physically and mentally strengthen the people of God. We think of Daniel in the Old Testament when he was overwhelmed by a vision from God. An angel came and strengthened him. Jesus was strengthened in the Garden of Gethsemane in prayer and to commit himself to God's will. So angels guard, protect and strengthen God's people. In what other ways do angels help us? Thirdly, we see that angels guide the people of God, especially in evangelism. In the book of Acts, God used angels to help people share the good news of Jesus or to help people hear the gospel. In Acts chapter 8, Philip was guided to meet the Ethiopian. In Acts chapter 10, God sent an angel to prepare Cornelius to hear the word of God from the apostle Peter. When people today say they saw someone in a dream or had a vision of an angel, if it is a helpful dream or a message from a good angel, they will be directed to the Bible, to hear the message of the Bible through a Christian who comes and shares the good news of Jesus with them. Good angels never draw attention to themselves. They draw people to Jesus 
to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. And lastly, we remember that holy angels deliver God's people from human and demonic danger. Psalm 34 verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Graham Jones will join us again next time to tell us what influence Satan and his demons have on the world. Now, how do you counsel someone who says they can't forgive themselves? Well, here on Serving Today, Malcolm Ryan provides us with some pastoral and biblical guidance in A Pastor Talks. If we've repented of our sins and asked the Lord Jesus to come into our hearts and lives as Lord and Saviour, then we're assured that our sins have been washed away by his precious blood and that we're on our way to a heavenly eternity. That's the beauty of God's love, mercy and grace. So why is it that we find it difficult to forgive ourselves? To begin with, sometimes the guilt we feel is nothing more than forced condemnations caused by not living up to other people's expectations. As Paul Tournier, a respected Swiss physician, explained, forced guilt comes as a result of judgments and suggestions of men. In other words, it's concentrating too much on what other people might think. In fact, some people, just like the Pharisees of old, seek to control or manipulate us by inventing rules and regulations that God's Word, the Bible, never even mentions. So as children of God, rather than slaves to people-made rules, we need to see false guilt for what it is and let go of it. At other times we may have a sense of guilt because we don't deal with it properly. Sometimes we've done wrong, but instead of owning up to our sinfulness, we try to deny its existence. As a result, we can get to feeling anxious and alienated. Then again, we might fall short of saying sorry for our sins and meaning it. Judas felt remorse after betraying Christ. He regretted having done it, but we don't read of him truly repenting. So what we need to do is to firstly accept that as Christians, we're forgiven sinners. Then since we're still works in progress, we need to keep short accounts with God by repenting and forsaking our sins as soon as we become aware of them. Now before we go any further, let's understand that the moment a person commits their life to Christ, their sins, past, present and future, are forgiven. And in this forgiven state, as the psalmist so vividly puts it in Psalm 103 verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our transgressions from us. This means that if you boarded a plane heading west, then if it were possible, that plane would keep going west forever. And if you got on a plane heading east, it would keep on going in that direction without ever reaching west, because east is east and west is west. Yes, we can and do still sin. That's human nature for you. But as time goes on, the Holy Spirit, who makes his home in our hearts from the moment we're born into the family of God, helps us to become more like Jesus in our thoughts, words and actions. 
and that's what's known as the process of sanctification. Now, Christian apologist C.S. Lewis said that genuine guilt is an inner alarm system that reveals sin in our lives and shows up our loss of fellowship with God. And God's Spirit uses this guilt to prompt us to turn from our sinful ways and back to the Lord. As we read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 and 7, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. In conclusion, when we deal with our sins properly, we're set free from the burden of guilt and able once again to live in harmony with the Lord. That was Malcolm Ryan with the series of Pastor Talks. Well, that's the end of our time together here on Serving Today. We hope that you found it helpful and we look forward to having your company again soon. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Until next time, goodbye.